I'm going I'm to share a very simple truth that if you can grasp tonight, you will have your life changed. How's that sound? It's just going to be Jesus, so... <laughs> He's the, only one, he's the only one who can change your life. You know that, right? Just Jesus. And uh, I know that, that that sounds very simple, but Jesus will actually change your life. And uh, I like to preach Jesus because I think Jesus is amazing. And so, confession time. I'm reading the Bible in one year. Ooh. No, no wows to that one. Wow. All right. So, <laughs> trying to read the Bible in a year. Because uh, when I brought this new Bible, I had it in the back, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. So I'm, 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 I'm on it. I got behind on the New Testament, real behind, really behind. And uh, so I had, to, I had to catch up over the last four or five days. So I, I went from Colossians, Colossians, I think, all the way through to Hebrews 12 at the moment. And I don't like reading fast because I like to take it in and, and meditate on it. But one of the cool things happened that when I read fast, it was you got to see some highlighted things all the way through all those, um, all those uh, books of the Bible. And it actually gave me a, a really cool picture and understanding because a lot of time when Paul talked to T- Titus and Timothy and people and leaders and deacons, he'd always remind them about the gospel of Jesus. And he would always say, and I, this is just a throwaway comment for anyone who needs it, but he would also say, always say, don't be quarrel- quarrelsome. Don't get um, distracted by endless Genealogy. See, I can't even pronounce the word. Genealogies. Geo. Geonot. See? Don't get distracted with it. Gone. (laughs) Don't get distracted with that. Don't get distracted with worship of angels and all this weird stuff and myths and man's religion and transition. Uh, Tradition. Why can't I speak tonight? Speaking in tongues. Anyone can interpret tonight. And. but he always reminded them to preach the gospel. So I want to go to Titus 2, and I'm going to start in, what did, I, what did I say? Kelly, what did I say I was starting in? Titus 2, verse, verse what? 11. Okay. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled. Everyone said, that's me. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Paul. Self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Guys, this is amazing because the grace of God actually empowers us to live this way. Oh, my gosh. Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of God, of our great God and Savior. Who? Who's our great God and Savior? Jesus Christ. Come on. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from the lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession. Someone say, I'm purified and I'm possessed by God. Amen. Four people. Praise God. The rest of you will get there by the end of this. We are purified by Jesus. We are possessed by God. And we are zealous for good good works. Come on. Declare these things. Exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. No one disregard me tonight. All right. Chapter 3. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities. No one wants to hear that. <laughs> be obedient. Be ready for every good work. Be ready for every good work. Why are we ready for every good work? Because we've been possessed by God and we are zealous for good works. Someone say good works tonight. Come on. We're ready for every good work. To speak evil of no one. Not Trump. Not Jacinda. 
to speak evil of no one. I love the Bible because I, I wish that we would just look at these things and think they're actually really spiritual and actually a good work to not speak evil of people, to see them through the, the eyes of Jesus, to see that the value that's been paid for a person rather than judging them by the flesh and speaking evil of them. We don't speak evil of people. There's nothing that grates me more when I hear people speak evil of other people or complain or whinge about other people. It's not a godly thing. No matter how bad it was or what they did, it's not something that we need to be going after as holy and purified people. Amen, Corey. (laughs) Speak evil of no one. Avoid what? Quarreling. Kelly, don't argue with me. (laughs) To be gentle. (laughs) To be gentle. And to show perfect courtesy towards all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures. Notice, notice the language here. For we ourselves were once. Because when Jesus died for us, something happened. So don't look at this list and say, that's still me. Okay, because we were once disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions. We're not slaves to those because they've been crucified. All those in Christ have crucified their passions and desires, fleshly desires to the, this thing here, the cross. Yeah. Passing, uh, sorry, we're foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves of various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy and hatred by others and hating one another. Terrible way to live. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us. Come on, someone say, I'm saved tonight. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness. You'll notice I'm going to talk about works a lot today because I'm going to talk about good works, dead works, and the works that Jesus did. Work, 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 work. Who sings that? Is that a Hillsong song? <laughs> He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy. According to His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've ever stopped to just figure out what that means. The regeneration and the washing and renewal of the Holy Spirit. You want to talk about a fresh anointing? The renewal of the Holy Spirit. Yeah? That word regeneration, I actually looked it up in the, in the Greek on my Strong's Concordance. If you're ever having trouble, go to Strong's Concordance. It'll give you a number, and then you click on that number, and it gives you the actual Greek meaning. Uh, that word regeneration actually means new birth, recreation, and this is what I love the most, restoration of a thing to its pristine state. Okay, now just with that, just with that understanding... But according to his own mercy, by washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. So, so I, w- I wonder how clean we actually are. Or how good of a restorer is God? That, that through his, his righteousness, through the Holy Spirit, you have been regenerated and renewed and washed clean by the blood of Jesus to a pristine state. I'm not talking about a hodgepodge reno job. I'm not talking about some cowboy builder who walked in and did a shoddy job. Jesus restored you to a pristine state because of his mercy towards you, not because of your works. Does anyone believe in the blood of Jesus? Because I love what Pastor Mike was saying this morning, that the Word of God is true. 
and the words matter and the details matter. And he doesn't put in words like that just to oversell what he's done. He's trying to give us a picture of what Jesus has actually done. He has washed us. He has renewed us through the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become ears. You know what an ear is? An ear is one who inherits, who receives by birthright. Doesn't earn, but receives by, because I've been born into this family, I receive the inheritance towards me. You don't inherit something because of your behavior or your works. You inherit something because of who your father is. This is what happens when we, when we, when we come through Jesus Christ. We become inheritors. Amen? I'm going somewhere with this tonight, hopefully, or we may not even get there. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things. This is Paul saying, I want you to insist on this. I want you to insist on telling people that they have been washed and regenerated. Regeneration neural through the Holy Spirit, who's been poured out of us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by His what? Grace, we might become ears according to the hope of eternal life. This saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things, so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to what? Again, devoted again to what? Good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. Again, but avoid foolish controversies. There's that blinging word again. Genealogies. Oh, nailed it. Come on. So good, Corey. Amazing. This, sorry, I'm just encouraging myself, guys, because you, you guys aren't saying anything. <laughs> so, just feel the Holy Spirit to encourage myself tonight. Dissensions and quarrels about the law. Don't be quarreling about the law. You're not under it. For they are unprofitable and worthless. As for the person who stirs up division, kick him out after warning him once and then twice. Have nothing more to do with him. Knowing that, see, it doesn't say her. So obviously, girls aren't de- divisive. It's just a guy thing. That was for you, Chloe. I put this, where is it? Yeah, amen and a woman, right? That's it. As for the person who stirs up division, after what, I'm just joking. After warning him and once seen and twice, have nothing to do with him, knowing that such a person is what? Warped and sinful. He is self-condemned. Amen. Let's go to Hebrews 9, verse 11. So I'm hopefully going to get somewhere. You guys all good? Does anyone know where I'm going yet? Hebrews 9, verse 11. But when Christ appeared as high priest of good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is of creation, he entered once for all into his holy places, not by means of blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of uh, and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of her heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Come on, how much more will the blood of Jesus cleanse our conscience from what works? Not good works, dead works, to serve the living God. Amen? Should I keep going? I should keep going. Let's go to Hebrews 6, 1. I'm just jumping all through the Bible tonight. Is that all right? Just because I want to just prove a point. 
Hebrews 6.1, Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from what? Dead works. The repentance from dead works and faith towards God. So all that to say tonight. Without an understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are in dead works. And the, 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 I wish I had words, eh? The, the thing that happens to us when we don't understand the gospel is that we try and do good works to try and get to the good works that God has prepared for us. But the Bible says that it's through Jesus and His righteousness that we have been made right and we become an inheritor. And He reminds us of that truth so that we will devote ourselves to Good works. Am I preaching to anyone tonight? Dead works are works that don't work. They're dead works. They're works that have no effect. Any, any work that we are doing to try and get to a place that we can now become to do good works is actually a dead work. Can I just be really honest with you tonight? A lot of us are waiting. A lot of us are waiting till we're in a position where we feel qualified enough to begin to do the good works we feel God has for us to do. The trap we get into is thinking that we need to do good works to get to a point where we can do good works. I know this is really simple tonight. But every time I see a reminder of what Jesus has done, it is always with the promise that comes after it that we are zealous for good works, encourage them to do good works, encourage... What's he saying? He's saying you can do good works now because of what Jesus has done for you. And a guilty conscience, a conscience that hasn't been sprinkled with the blood of Jesus, will continue to do good works, which are actually dead works, to try and get to a place to do good works. So every time he reminds Timothy and Titus, the, the, the leaders of the, of, the, of the early church, he's saying, guys, remind people of what Jesus Christ has done. That Jesus Christ has, has paid a price to set us free from dead works. Repentance from dead works. Repentance from dead works. We like to talk about repentance all the time, about people coming and telling you all the bad things they've done. The Bible talks about repentance from dead works. Repentance from dead works. Repentance from all the things that you're trying to do to make yourself right. Believe God. Have faith in God. And then you're going to be in a position where you can go on and do the good works that God has for you. I couldn't help this morning in that, that song we were singing about, you know, we need to move. Every time I hear those words, I, I, I believe God is saying to us, we need to move. And a lot of us are waiting till God gives us a big tick and we've sorted ourselves out and then we can move. But I believe that God is saying, I'm waiting for you to believe my gospel because I already have good works for you to do, but you're still waiting to get to a place where you think you're good enough to do the good works. I mean, Either the blood of Jesus actually washed us and cleansed us and actually restored us to a pristine state, uh, pristine? pristine state, or He hasn't done a good enough job and we need to top that up to get to a place where we can actually start working and flowing in what God has for us. So either Jesus is who He says He is and He did what He said He did, or else we need to top up what He did to get to a place where we can actually do something for Him. 
And I believe that a lot of the church, and I say the church, and I'm just talking to you, I mean the church, we're always waiting for a place where we think we're good enough to start doing the good works that God has for us. But the key, the principle, the truth in the Bible is that God reveals that Jesus did a completed, finished work so we can be zealous for the good works. I'm going to get an amen tonight, Kelly. Don't you worry. Is this making sense to anyone? I can guarantee every person in this room has at least one, if not a thousand reasons why you cannot be doing the good things that God has prepared for you now. It'll be money. It'll be your personal life. Could be your kids. Could be your work status. Could be your marriage. Could be multiple different areas in your life that you believe that once I get this sorted, then I can do the good works that God has planned for me. But the Bible is saying, no, the good works are ready for you to do because you have inherited the righteousness of Christ. You have inherited a restoration through Jesus, and you are more than qualified now to do the good works because of what Jesus has done. Honestly, you can prophesy now. You can get a word of knowledge for someone now. You can lay hands on the sick and they can recover now. You can have a godly, a godly lifestyle now. You can have self-control now. You can be free from sin now. <laughs> like right now, because of what Jesus has done. And I know this is simple, and I'm going to keep going back to the same point over and over again. Repentance from dead works and faith in God. What does that mean? It's faith that Jesus made me right. Faith that Jesus became a curse so I would not be cursed. That Jesus became sin, so I could become something. I'm not trying to be righteous. I became righteous because someone became sin for me. If we could just wake up to the fact of what we've actually become and understand, no, Jesus did this, therefore I'm qualified. Now everything I do, I do good works to glorify Him. But we've taken the gospel and we've watered it down and we've made it all about us and we're always trying to get to a place where we're good enough to do good works waiting to be a pastor, waiting for an opportunity in church, waiting for someone to give us a prophecy, waiting for Heidi Baker to lay hands on us. Come on. The gospel says that you're made righteous right now. It is not your good works that qualify you to do good works. It is the good work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And he said what he did, we were doing greater because he goes to the Father. And when we do things in the name of Jesus, we glorify the Father. Because the Son glorifies the Father. Guys, I, I, just, I just pray because I, I know God is stirring something in this community because we are, we are waiting for God to move. We are waiting for God to do something or we're waiting till we feel like we're anointed instead of receiving what Christ has done for us. There's always another day. There's always another excuse. There's always another reason. That's why I love, um, I was going to say, that's why I love Natalie. And I do in Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but what I love about you, Nelly, is that you're in, the, you're in the same, what you need to understand is you're in the same position as everyone else in this room. Because none of us are here because we got there. We all got in here by Jesus, and you got in by Jesus, and you, you're not trying to work your way up to a place. You can lay hands on the sick and see and recover just as much as I can. Because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. But I, I don't believe that we actually believe this truth that Jesus has actually restored us. 
And the, and the thing, again, the thing of what they're saying is that when Jesus gave his blood once and for all time, we could go back through the he- Hebrews 10, it says that every time the priest came and offered a sacrifice year after year, it continually reminded them of their sinfulness. Guys, this, the time of year is coming up again. We know we've all messed up. Let's bring an offering. We'll be right for one day. We'll celebrate. And then next day, it's just failure again. And then we'll come to the next year and then we'll sacrifice again. But there was a constant reminder of sin consciousness. Now, now if we were to go through the book of Hebrews right now, we could. We could go to Hebrews 10 right now and talk about how the blood of Jesus, because the blood of bulls and goats couldn't get, a, get rid of sin consciousness. But the blood of Jesus, he died once and for all to absolutely just defeat sin. When he sprinkles his blood on our consciousness, it says that we have bold access to the throne of grace. Because our conscience isn't saying, I'm a dirty rotten sinner, I'm a dirty rotten sinner, I'm a dirty rotten sinner. My conscience says, no, Jesus made me right. I was a sinner. I gave my life to Jesus. I become something else when I give my life to him. He renovated me, a really good renovation, to I'm like brand new, restored to what I once was. What, what, what was I once before the fall? So you've been restored to something. You haven't just been restored. You've been restored back to something. A restoration is when you come in and you restore something back to its original state. It's not a new build. It's a restoration to what you once were before time and sin and all that kind of stuff just messed up the property. And then a builder comes in and they restore it back to its former glory. Jesus restored us back to our former glory. Ah. But if we don't understand what Jesus has done, we have a sin consciousness. And every time we try and do a good work, what's the first thing that pops up in our head? I can't do this. I'm a dirty, rotten sinner. I'm not right yet. I'm not quite there yet. A few more weeks, a few more months, a few more courses, a few more podcasts, a few more sermons. Read the Bible in a year. Then I'll be ready to do the good works that God has planned for me. Every time I read it in the early church, they would point people to Jesus and say, because of what Jesus has done, be zealous for good works. Be zealous for good works. Do the good works that have been predestined and pre-planned for you in the Lord. Because you have been so equipped. When you receive Jesus Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. There's no more equipping that you need. The trouble with our generation is we've become so fixated on information and training that we've forgotten what we can get from relationship with God. One of our number one excuses in my generation is no one's taught me. No one's taught me. No one's shown me how to do it. Well, you have, a, you have this person called the Holy Spirit who if you got into your bedroom and sought Him would actually show you some things. You don't need a course to tell you how to pray for people. You don't need a course to do the good works. You don't need a course on prophecy. If you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and you're looking to God, He will teach you. He will lead you. He will guide you. And that doesn't mean we can't disciple people. It means get rid of the excuse that someone has to train me before I'm ready to do good works. Because Jesus died to get you in a position to do good works. Didn't say you're in a position once you get taught by Corey. Or when you get taught by so-and-so or so-and-so comes in there and he lays hands on you and does this, and then you can go and do what you're going to do. He sent us the Holy Spirit. The only one time he said, wait, was when he, he, he sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Apart from that, it's been a green light ever since. Amen? 
Whether you've been saved three days or 30 years, you've been prepared for good works. So it's our, it's our, if we don't understand the gospel, we're going to come to God with a guilty conscience. Pretty much, to be honest, sometimes we don't even come to him because we think that he doesn't want us. Because we look at our state and not look at his state. He's righteous. How can I approach him? Well, you're not approaching him on your own, friend. Have a look beside you. Jesus is there. You're clothed in what he's clothed into. You're clothed in his righteousness. You're coming before the throne. You've been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. Do we believe that? Or do we just believe he just gave us a little spray and wipe and it's run out and we've dirtied it up again? We've either been washed by the blood of Jesus or we haven't, and we get to come boldly into the throne of grace. Now, you don't come boldly anywhere if you have a guilty conscience. First sign that your kid's done something wrong, they run away. There is no boldness. First sign that someone's done something offensive or something wrong is usually they would disconnect from community or disconnect from relationship. There's no boldness when you have a guilty conscience. Because we don't really know if God's going to back us because we don't really feel like we're worth backing. But if we understand the gospel, we've been made right with God. I've been made right with God, therefore I have boldness. Does that mean I'm perfect? No, but it means my standing before him is perfect because of what Jesus Christ has done. He was a perfect sacrifice. Does that give me an excuse to live a sinful life? No way. Does that give me a license to sin? No way. Because of his generosity, because of what he has done and how he has made me, I can't help but live any other way. Holy. Be holy for I am holy. You can't be holy through your own effort, but you have the Holy Spirit. That's why he's called the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit lives in you. Not sure how he's living in there if you're not holy. No amens to that one, Kelly. The Holy Spirit can't be in you if you haven't been made holy by the blood of Jesus. You were washed with the blood of Jesus, and then Holy Spirit came in and dwelt among you, the temple, the temple. Oh, we could go to Hebrews. Should we just go to Hebrews? No, we won't go there. Everything in the temple was sprinkled with blood to be purified, to be made right, to be sanctified. When Jesus washes you with, with his blood, every part of you is made righteous, purified, so that the Holy Spirit can come and dwell in this temple. Come on, this is based on what Jesus has done. This is not about us trying to do good works. They're actually dead works. We repent of dead works. I repent of the constant need of trying to be good enough in my own strength. And I receive the perfect sacrifice of Jesus. He sprinkles my conscience. Now I live in a way where God is with me. God is for me. When I meet someone, I have more than enough grace for this conversation. I have more than enough power and authority because of Christ who lives in me. I have more than enough for this situation. I'm more than enough in Jesus. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who... Oh my gosh, even if one person gets this tonight, you'll change the world. We are so fixated on our own state and we're not looking to what Jesus has done. And if we don't understand the gospel, we have a guilty conscience and a guilty conscience stops us from doing good works. But we are called to actually do good works. We're meant to be zealous for it. You know what zealous means? It's like my affection for my wife, zealous. 
obsessed. That intense, zealous, zealous means I am so, I so desire and so passionate to do the good works of God. I don't know when you woke up in the morning and felt like that, but I feel like that every morning. I'm zealous to do the good things that God has for me. And you know what? The only reason I don't some days is because I get the eyes off God and I get eyes on myself. And I start believing the lie that I'm not there yet or I'm not ready yet. When I actually believe Jesus, everything flows. Amen. Do we have any other scriptures, Kelly? There's an amen on the screen. That's awesome. With an exclamation mark. It's a super loud one. Let me check my notes, see if I've got anything. That's all, that's all done. Awesome. Amen? What do you want to do now? What do you want to do? You want to sing? Oh, you want me to sing? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Hazel. Thanks, Hazel. My wife's telling me I should actually sing. Um... The funny thing about preaching is sometimes the words just seem like a mess, but you have to trust that the Holy Spirit is doing something in the room. And I believe that He is. I'm not trying to preach my own gospel tonight. I'm literally just pointing out through three books in the Bible, and there's plenty more where that came from, that Jesus Christ has washed us clean. You know, if, if, if the law... This whole sinful conscious thing was the way that God wanted to do it. He wouldn't have sent Jesus. We would have just keep sacrificing bulls every year. But he wanted us to approach him. He wanted us to be in his throne room. He wanted us to be intimate with him. And he knew the only way that that could happen is if we got rid of our sinful consciousness and someone would come and stand before, stand and mediate on our behalf, Jesus Christ, the priest, I read all about it, the priest in the order of Melchizedek, that he would come and sacrifice once and for all, and not in an earthly temple, but in that's a, that's a shadow of what's in heaven. He would go straight into the Holy of Holies. He said, the blood of bull and goats you don't want, but I gave you my body. And he made a perfect sacrifice for every single one of us, not just in this room, but every single person that we meet. If we can understand the gospel and understand that Jesus has washed, we sing this song. What can wash away my sin? It's true. Nothing but the blood of Jesus can wash away our sin. And I want to just give a shout out to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that he's a very good cleaner. I'm not, I'm not joking. He's really good at what he does. His blood is so precious that we have been washed as white as snow. Now, he, He's not the kind of God that washes us and leaves a few stubborn stains that you can't get out. He washes us as white as snow for the purpose that we would come into His throne room, that we would be with Him, that we would be intimate with Him, that we would know God and make God known, and we would be zealous for the good works that He has for us. I preach this passionately tonight because I don't want any person in this room wasting any more time sitting in a waiting room waiting to feel good enough to do the good things that God has for you. Because you're never going to get there. 
if you're going to keep going down this road. Your dead works aren't going to create good works. His work will empower you and qualify you for His good works. Smith Wiggleworth resurrected people from the dead. Resurrected his wife. Got some amazing stories. His one-liner was, only believe. People think, well, that's, must be more to it than that. Someone must have told him, trained him. (laughs) Must have done a Zoom course. No. Only believe. He actually believed the gospel. He actually believed Jesus. And when he says, hey, this is available to you, you can do this. He believed him, stepped out, done it. He doesn't have a big resume of all the good things he'd done to get to that place, and then God blessed him with a ministry. It's simple faith in Jesus. And this is where we get hung up, because in our own old human nature, we want to be able to contribute. We want to be able to say, look what I have done. But when it comes to Christianity, it's all about what Jesus has done. And that's why when we do the good works, they're good works because they glorify God. They don't glorify us. That's why we can call them good works. Because they're works empowered by the goodness of God who qualified me through the sacrifice of His Son and the outpouring of His Holy Spirit. Now I am fully qualified to do the good works that God has for me. So I don't want anyone staying in a cycle any longer of trying to be good enough. Please read the gospel. Please read your Bible. Please don't just take my word for it. Go home. Seek God. Ask Him to show you the very things that are right on the pages that you have at home. That the sacrifice of Jesus has completely cleansed us and washed us of all unrighteousness. And that is your one and only qualification for doing the good that God has planned for you. Heidi Baker, Bill Johnson, I'm just throwing out Christian names now. Anyone that you can think of that is doing good works, I can tell you right now, they're doing it because they believe the gospel. They're not doing it because they're better than you or they've been doing it longer than you or they reach some status they have the same Holy Spirit you have right now. They have this, they've been washed with the same blood that you've been washed with. They have the same Holy Spirit in them that you have. The only difference is some believe the gospel and have a, a conscience that's been sprinkled with the blood of Jesus. So they enter into the throne room and they are bold because they know God is with them, God is for them. Others can't get past this and don't actually believe that Jesus is actually completely restored and cleansed them. And we continually don't come to God because our conscience stops us approaching Him in intimacy. You could, you could think of, even naturally, people in your life that you have let down or you have wronged. You would never approach them and expect them to back you because you know you've done something wrong, right? A lot of us are treating Jesus that way. God won't back me because I did this. 
God won't be with me. God won't move through me because I've done this. I've done this. Believe the gospel. If you've messed up, run to him. Run to him. Don't run from him. Run to him. Thank you, Jesus, that you have washed me clean, that you said when I ask for forgiveness, my sin is completely blotted out, never to be retrieved again, that my sin is as far as the east is from the west. Those two never meet up. Come on, he's bigger than you think. Stop elevating your ability to mess up over top of God's ability to make you right. Because when we don't do the good works that God has planned for us, really what we're saying is, God, I'm more powerful than you. I've messed up better than you could restore me. But I'll get better, and when I'm better, I'll come back to you, and then I'll be available and useful for your kingdom. Let's just call it what it is. It's pride. It has nothing to do with Jesus and everything to do with you. God, thank you for the washing and the renewal and the recreation that happened when Jesus gave his life upon the cross. God, that when you poured into our hearts through the avenue of Holy Spirit, you have restored us. You have cleansed us. And so God, I pray that we will be zealous for good works, knowing that we are not trying to get to a good place. We have been made right by the blood of Jesus. God, I pray for every person that's struggling in the area of their conscience. God, I pray that we will believe the gospel tonight that the blood of Jesus cleanses our conscience, that we are not always thinking guilty, 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 guilty. The verdict, the verdict over our life because of what Jesus has done is not guilty. I wonder if you could entertain me for three seconds. Just close your eyes and I want to picture I want you to picture yourself in a courtroom right now. And the judge is there and he's about to read out a verdict. And there's a list of all the things. All the past, all the mistakes, all those things. Now I want you to picture Jesus coming into that that booth with you. And I want you to see that list just being completely shredded, completely deleted. Now the judge is saying over you because of Jesus, not guilty. How do you find? How do you find Corey? Not guilty. <laughs> Come on, how do you find Paul? Not guilty. The list of offenses that every single one of us has, Jesus has taken away. He is deleted. When God sees you, He sees Jesus. He sees you washed in the blood of Jesus. There is not a few sins left. 
There's not a few mistakes left that are still staining. There's not a few ones that won't rub off the list. They are all completely deleted through the blood of Jesus Christ. You get to look God in the eye and not be afraid of punishment because Jesus has made you clean. You get to say in all honesty and sincerity and genuineness, I am not guilty because of the blood of Jesus. Man, I can even hear some hearts in this room that you're even struggling to believe that. I pray you hear the good news of the gospel tonight. Jesus came to take away the sins of the world. Come on, if you're part of this world, your sins have been taken away. They haven't been left there. They're not still on you. Jesus has taken away the sins of the world. You're not still trying to get clean. The blood of Jesus has washed you clean. Oh, come on. You're like a non-stick fry pan. Come on, you're like a non-stick fry pan. The blood of Jesus has washed you so well that nothing else can stick to you. Nothing else can stick to you. You have been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. Do not believe the lie that you have dirtied His robe, that you have stained His robe of righteousness. You can't stain His righteousness. You can't stain His righteousness. You can stain your own self-righteousness, but you cannot stain the righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Because you never gave Him His righteousness. He gave you His righteousness. You don't get to mess up His righteousness. He clothes you in His righteousness. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for just a fresh revelation of the gospel tonight. God, we may have heard it a thousand times, but I pray right now that it's landing on fresh ears, fresh heart, fresh eyes. We would see you for who you truly are. Not what our lives, not what our experiences made you, not what a Christian may have said to us, not what a teacher may have said to us. We want to see you for who you are and not how life has treated us. Let us have fresh eyes tonight. One of you here and you don't know Jesus,